I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Don't talk about it. Hi, I'm Raina. And I'm Megan. Welcome to the Shh Don't Talk About It podcast, where we talk about all the things we need to say out loud, but think that we can't. We're going to talk about all the things. We're going to shed light on them. We're going to embrace them. And we're going to fucking love them. So join us on this journey as we get rid of shame and start talking about it. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 9. It's written in the stars. It sure is. Yeah. What do we do first? We, uh, crack crack them claws, baby. Cheers. 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 Oh my gosh, this episode is so amazing. It's really fun. So this week, we were fortunate to get to interview... Cara Villarreal, mm-hmm. who is a astrologer here in Portland. Yes. And what did we talk with her about? We talked with her about our birth charts. Yes. Oh, my gosh. So birth charts. So if you don't know, uh, I'll explain a little bit about a birth chart. So sure. when you're born, you know, you need your name. So if you don't know your birth chart, you probably should maybe before this episode or yeah. go push pause and maybe get it <laughs> i would say yes if you're if you're interested in astrology for this episode it will be really helpful for you to have your birth chart handy because um cara gave reina and i both a reading and she talks she does a lot of education on like how astrology works through doing our readings mm-hmm. so you might want to have yours handy just to use it to relate what she's saying to us about ours to your own. Yeah. And if, so, you, if you don't have a birth chart, mm-hmm. that's where yes. you were going. That's where people, I was going. Yeah, yes, so, Raina, how do people get a birth chart so if, if they you don't have need, one? If you need to get your birth chart, what you need is your your name. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully you <laughs> Start your name and you need your uh, date and your time of birth are like, definitely you need your time of birth. And then you need the place of your birth. So, 
Um, cause what it does is it, it tells you where the stars were aligned the moment that you took your first breath in this world. And then from there on out, it, it's just like, it's written in the stars, like you, who you are. And I don't know. It's just a beautiful, a validating experience for me. This whole episode was because mm-hmm. I feel like I've, I've known these things. Um, but to hear a complete stranger where we're not strangers anymore, but you know what I mean? Like to hear somebody read them back to me, I was like, Oh my, like she knew so much about me and you. Yeah. Yeah. It was really cool. And it, it had me just thinking about how important tools for self-discovery and self-understanding mm-hmm. are. And as we learned more about how astrology and tarot work through talking to Kara, I could, I could see how useful a tool it is in a way that goes way beyond like your horoscope in the back of people magazine or whatever. Like it's really complex. There's so much information. There's so many layers Mm -hmm. and I am excited to finally feel like I'm starting to sort of understand yeah. the how it how it works beyond just like my big 3 like sun moon rising like all yeah. the complicated aspects in your chart and the houses and yada yada I don't understand it well <laughs> enough to explain it yet but that's why we have Kara. Yes. So it was so great. Amazing. It's so great and I was so I don't know just like grateful of meeting her. And bring her on to the episode. And she was just, I don't know, it's very healing. You know, I think all of this, getting to know yourself a little bit more and in a bigger way, it's just, I don't know, it's just send some healing vibes, much needed. Exactly. It's just like one more step on the path home to yourself, I think, Absolutely. using these kinds of tools. So yes. um, listeners, we hope you enjoy the episode, the first part Kara is just kind of sharing a bit of her story, um, how astrology works and how tarot works in the traditions that she follows. Then she does our readings. And then we round out the episode with just a little bit more chit chat and discussion of how astrology is useful, how it's useful for the collective as well as individuals and get to learn even a little bit more about her. And she's, I just want to say also a very remarkable, mm-hmm. very, um, calming and empathetic person yeah just truly wonderful human being and i think that her energy comes across in the interview that way as well so she's got a very peaceful voice and presence in this episode so yes here we go here's cara enjoy hi cara welcome we're so excited to have you today Welcome, Kara, to the show. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I am so grateful. I'm actually like a fan of your podcast. So Aww. very excited to be here. Thank you. Well, yes. Yeah, we are fans of you. It's an honor to have you with us tonight. Very much so. Can I give Emma just a little bit of a background before you do your background? Because how I met Kara was at this um, store called Psychic Sister, and she work there. And I just felt like this energy with you, it was very natural. You're very helpful. Like I went in to find, I think it was your gift for your birthday. My knife. Yeah. 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 <laughs> she got me the selenite. Uh, selenite knife. That yeah. one. <laughs> That's the one. Yes. She's holding for people listening. She's holding it up. I'll post the one I have it in my hand right now. Yeah. As well. yeah. <laughs> So it was just so natural just coming in there and just talking to you were very helpful. And then we were just like, are you 
Scorpio, Libra. And then we just started talking about astrology and everything. I don't know. I was just like, so when, so when we had this thought that we wanted somebody to come in and talk about astrology, tarot, spirituality, all these things, I'm like, hmm, I think it can manifest. So I have somebody like, I hope, I hope. And so here you are. So that's a little background on how Kara is here now with us. <laughs> Yes, I remember. Yeah, thank you so much. I love being able to work in a space in the community where we kind of like draw that energy out in each other. And like Mm -hmm. you came in to get a birthday present for your friend. And then we're sitting here like talking about astrology and tarot and energy. And I think just like, yeah, making those connections. I'm just like so grateful to be here. Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you share with folks? what you, what you do, like what kind of craft you practice, because, um, it's something obviously tonight we're talking about tarot, energy work, astrology, but it can mean so many different kinds of things. So why don't we start with just what you practice? Um, and, and then maybe you can guide us through how you got into it. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I'm a professional astrologer and I, um, use traditional ancient whole house systems. So that's kind of like a type of astrology because there's a lot, right? So I just practice mindful work and it's really rooted in healing um, with a lot of crossover with tarot and Reiki, which is energy work. And yeah, growing up, it was just um, kind of passed down to me through um, my, like the last generation and like my Thea's worked in uh, one of my Thea's was an energy worker mm-hmm. and she was cool. the one who introduced astrology to me whenever I was little. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of have that connection, I think too, from like a really powerful feminist. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. It was just really empowering to kind of be more of my authentic self, which mm-hmm. I think we all could use nowadays mm-hmm. more and more. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my connection to um, where where it like my love of astrology started. Um, yeah, gosh, I think it was like 1999 because I remember my sister was watching Cruel Intentions, and I feel like, Cruel Intentions, <laughs> like we just like rented it, so like uh-huh. that's like uh-huh. sense of time. Yeah, but <laughs> it was a yeah, important note. Um, but so with that, I was kind of like passed down a book and it was called the only astrology book you'll ever need. Mm -hmm. And for like 20 years it was, Mm -hmm. and it kind of breaks, like I, I built my chart with my Thea and found out that like my moon is in Gemini and that I should be more curious. Ours is too. We know that. Oh, I guess you know that. (laughs) I'm so excited to do y'all's reading because we all have a moon in Gemini and it's so interesting. I'm so excited to like go deeper and deeper in that, but yeah, that's important. You know, like, especially I grew up Catholic where maybe you're not supposed to be curious. You're not supposed to ask questions. So being told at a time where maybe like I, I should be more curious and I should be empowered to speak up. And they told, would tell, share stories about how they did the same in different ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's just kind of where my connection started and love of it started and, and bringing that to the forefront of what I do now um, because my Thea passed last year Aww, and sorry. it just kind of like, 
No, no, no. I, I feel like more connected to her now than ever. And mm-hmm. I just like, am sh- I'm so sure that, you know, this energy is bigger than us and real and mm-hmm. everything is connected. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just like, so grateful to be able to have that and bring it forward to the community in different ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of a little scary to kind of put yourself out there and talk about vulnerable things about like healing and trauma. But, you know, I've had experiences that, you know, resulted in me learning about post-traumatic stress order and things Mm -hmm. like that. And and so I think just sharing that and pulling the curtain back kind of creates space for us to breathe and realize that like we're all in this together and we can like support each other and encourage each other like through this work as well. That's yes. really beautiful. Well, it's beautiful. <laughs> totally. It's like passed down through family. And then um, I was really, I'm just really resonating with what you're saying. I think it's true for both Raina and I. We were both like always interested in tarot and astrology, but maybe in the past more so it was just kind of like a fun, like, oh yeah, it's like kind of fun to think about. And then um, we lost a good friend last year and it feels like the interest in energy and astrology and tarot has like grown since that loss. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like seeking that connection as a know? way to make sense of it kind of. Yeah. Yeah. And connecting to the energy that's all around us or just, and his energy and, mm-hmm. you know, like what happens, you know, I, I feel like, like when you said that with your aunt, you know, it's like, no, it's okay. Cause it, I mean, it is, it, it is what it is. Like, this is what happens, you know, with, with life uh, and, but how we come out of it or what we get from it or gain from it. And if we can have these other areas to like seek connection and connect in a different realm and a different energy way, you know, it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. And to process this grief and trauma, like collectively as humans, as, you know, under the bigger picture of like cosmic consciousness, knowing that there's something bigger kind of like maybe takes the pressure off you in some ways to know that like, if, if you don't feel like you can do the work for yourself, helping others is like a really good, you know, way gateway into the work as well and to Mm -hmm. just treat it as like a develop like a developmental tool right it's like Mm -hmm. to to promote like awareness and reflection and yeah to just build a conversation around it to give Mm -hmm. you like the words and the tools because maybe talking about certain things is hard but bringing in the bigger picture and like ancient traditions that might be helpful or supportive yes Absolutely. I feel it. Like I felt it. And yes, I couldn't put words on it and, you know, and I'm still like trying to find words, but I felt like this massive shift, you know, over the last year or so, or Mm -hmm. every, and like I've lost, you know, a couple of people along the way. And, but I I felt like this massive, massive shift of like, I don't know, it's hard to explain, but you're with the collective cosmos or whatever, however you said it, you know, like, I feel like they got my back. You know what I mean? Like I'm not alone. Really? In this, you know, and, yeah. and so many people are are affected and touched by it, and we are all interconnected in some way. I truly believe that, and the ripple effect of everything is just—it's pretty crazy. Yeah, I feel to be like that. We all have Gemini moons. That like, where the fact that we're talking about like this connection, it's like definitely <laughs> like 
the ethers, you know, we kind of feel that like mercurial energy. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but I, it's, it's, it must be rooted in, you know, inclusive and intersectional, you know, building community and resources and breaking the stigma. Right. And just like mm-hmm. making this work more and more accessible. Yeah. Um, I think it's important. Yeah. Have you, it was really, it's interesting to hear that you grew up Catholic, um, you know, and I did too. And I'm just thinking about how like strict some aspects of that religion are also how mystical some aspects of that religion are. And I'm just curious if you like faced any pushback from religious family, or if you in the gosh, more than 20 years, you've been practicing, if you've encountered stigma or just people being dismissive of the work that you do and how you've dealt with that. Yes. So I'm super grateful that my, my tias, my, my aunts, they, they all had such strong faith in God or spirituality that they weren't exactly limited to the words. And they knew that there was kind of like Mm -hmm. fault in any type of man-made religion. Right. Mm -hmm. So they knew that their connection was bigger and like, that's what they honored and that's what they worked with. And their practices were a little bit more like ritualistic Mm -hmm. um, with um, like affirmations and their words, which I see as spells, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's, I think where there, where it's kind of rooted in for us. And I've always been a bit of like, a rebel or like trying to push, push back and ask questions and speak up. Mm -hmm. And they have been that way as well. Like they've, I always hear this story about how my two oldest Thea's there's, there's seven of them. And the two oldest ones like spoke up during church. It was like in the seventies. And apparently like the, the priest was talking at like, I were were Mexican and he was talking about how they like Mexicans weren't donating enough. And so my two Thea's like in the seventies, like stood up and were like, no, like one of them was addressing him and was like, you're not going to speak to us in our community like this. We're here to worship God and not hear what you have to say. And then the other one was able to like address another group of people to stop them from intervening. And so it's just like that type of power about speaking up about what's right has mm-hmm. always been like instilled in everything that they've passed down. So I didn't realize how rare that was. Mm -hmm. I knew it was like, just like in my experience in the world, like, but especially over since, you know, 2020, it's been important to see like, oh, wow, everybody doesn't have that resource or reference or support. Mm -hmm. I actually have to speak up and, and be that and bring that to the communities that I hold space in. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. Just yeah. raised by amazing women, it sounds. <laughs> Strong, amazing Strong women, women that are like, um, no, because you don't speak up in church. <laughs> you really? know, I mean, I grew up yeah. Catholic too. I mean, my mom was Catholic and we had, you know, we were forced to go to church and just sit there and just sit there. And, you know, it's very, yeah. So yeah, you never hear anybody say no or give their opinion or anything. You just sit there, listen to the priests say their thing, do your communion, pray, and you're 
then you go home. <laughs> we, we were in Texas too. Like I, I'm born oh, wow. and raised in Texas. So this uh-uh. is all happening in Texas. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think, yeah, I think just having like that radical approach to like, you know, systems of oppression and like not yeah. tolerating it um, is, yeah, that's definitely like where I find power and like bringing that to like the work and what I do and activism and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. I feel like all of this is just like super empowering, you know, um, all of this work is, and, and yeah, and it is so, it combines so many elements of everything, you know, everything is involved. So, and I, I think yeah. everything should nowadays, you know, like yeah. no matter the work you're doing, but like, how is it helping? How is it, you know, growing? Like, it's just such an important time to be doing the work. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if this is actually correct or if it's just my perception but it seems like that since the start of the from the start of the pandemic to now people have become more and more interested in astrology and energy work and tarot um and maybe that's just my perception because maybe that's just like what i'm seeing on tiktok and it's not <laughs> actually true but it's it to seems like it Fully. And I, I like, I take a step back and I look at the systems of like how, like the correlations of how that's happening. And like, yes, of course, like, because what we've all experienced, you know, people are looking for what tools do they have? What resources do they have for support and healing? So that's definitely one. But I think another interesting aspect is when you look at like generational astrology Mm -hmm. and there's like generational planets that are kind of like helping us evolve and bring certain systems and maybe like traditions that no longer serve us. Like how can we examine them, mm-hmm. break them That's and rebuild something, you know? So there's a lot of kind of generational placements like that, that kind of show that progression happening through, you know, millennials, Gen Z and so forth. Mm-hmm. That, so is that what the Saturn return, Saturn return is? Like it's, I've been, I'm curious about this. It's fascinating. <laughs> dancing. Yeah. It's just, interesting to think about the astrology of a collective, like a generation of people versus like just our own. And then I've been hearing about Saturn return as part of that. And I'm very confused about what all of this is. I am so excited that you asked about Saturn return. And I've been like holding back telling you this, but I'm (laughs) in my Saturn return and my Saturn is, um, it's ruled by like, so Saturn is ruled by Aquarius or Capricorn and my Saturn is an Aquarius. And so there's people who are born from like 1991 to 1994 and every 29 years after that, or before that, obviously, (laughs) um, that have Saturn in Aquarius. And so Saturn represents, because it takes 29 years to move around your whole birth chart, it brings kind of like boundaries, lessons, patience, all of these like really big key figures because Saturn, that's what Saturn, there's a a transition of kind of like darkness to bring through light. And that's representative of time and agriculture and all of these things, we can like look at it through ancient traditions. But so with that, with Saturn representing that and it moving around your chart, it returning back to where you were born is your Saturn return. 
And so everyone experiences that every 27 to 29 years about depending Mm. and you're in it for a couple of years. And so when it does that, it's kind of like a full circle. What have you learned? What is the new level that you could, you know, raise yourself to? What boundaries can you really enforce? What have you learned about boundaries? Mm -hmm. Um, What kind of sustainable kind of lessons, things like that. Um, and so that's Saturn. And because Saturn is an Aquarius, which it's it's ruled by Aquarius, Aquarius is a humanitarian sign. And that's why right now, if Saturn's an Aquarius, like systems are kind of under review. Mm. What is, yeah, what's honoring, you know, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like everything and, that's happening right now. Yeah. And then everyone who was born in 91 to 94, you know, was within a certain time, um, who was born with their Saturn in Aquarius, we're all about 30 and we're in the world now and there's a lot of us. And if we are, are, are all rooted in humanitarian causes and learning the rules just so we can break them so we can rebuild systems that honor everyone, like we have the power because we understand systems. Mm. So that's kind of what Aquarius can do. And Aquarius can be like, you know, not me, but for us. And I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of almost like not literally a generational planet, but you know, that's a couple of years of people. And then people after it, will have it in Pisces where it's kind of like, we almost don't have to learn the rules because fuck the rules. And we're going to rebuild this based off of our, you know, dreams and creative, like, you know, intuition and empathy and things like that. Mm -hmm. And then we have Aries, which is the following group of people who's like active and like heroes and like, you know, leaders in that way. So like, I think we can all really rebuild something more beautiful and that's kind of the progression of Saturn right now. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's why a lot of people are talking about it. And then even if, you're not having your Saturn return, which you can experience multiple times in your life. Um, you could be experiencing a square because every seven or every, every seven years there's a square and then 14 years there's an opposition. So there's always a time for you to be having like really heavy Saturn placements mm-hmm. and to just kind of evaluate your boundaries and your lessons in your life. So that's Saturn's kind of rule. Gosh, you are so knowledgeable. I'm just like, um, we could just spend all day and night with you. (laughs) Well, you know, there's a there's a fun note about Saturn, right? Truly. (laughs) One thing that's interesting and kind of like correlates to other things is that like you can reference a tarot card and astrology because it's all connected. And so just another lens to look at Saturn would be to see what tarot card correlates to Saturn mm-hmm. and that's the universe. Mm-hmm. And so that's like the awakening, like the bigger picture and kind of giving you a helpful framework to, to work with Saturn. Mm-hmm. So it's not just like a so malefic. Cool. Yeah. I love it. Are there, I'm thinking of, I, about like generational planets. Would that be planets that take like, like Pluto? like planets that take a really long time to make their way around the solar system. Exactly like Pluto. Okay. And that's what I really meant too, because like Pluto's another one that you see in people's charts to where like personally for me, and there's a big generation that we've all had it in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. 
Uh And so if Pluto is about transformation and like unearthing things and like going through the underworld and bringing back like crystals from it, right. To transform and help others. And with the goal to maybe help others not have to go through the hell that they've been through, but that's Pluto's role in transformation. And if that's in Scorpio, which is like, just queen of, you know, mystery and passion and intensity and unearthing these things like through healing. Um, yeah, that's, there's a, a big generation of people who are kind of like very intense about that mystery and connection, hmm. which correlates to astrology and tarot, like, you know, in society. Yeah. And even, yeah. So fascinating. It's so fascinating. Um, Wow. Okay. (laughs) Well, of course. Now I'm like, wait, where are my houses and where's my planets? Of course, we're like, (laughs) we got it. Yeah, I have it all. (laughs) For for folks listening, um, Kara did a reading for both of us and she's going to share some highlights with us. And then, so why don't we do that? And then we can loop back around to any other kind of questions or things that have been kicking around our heads. But I don't know about you. I feel like it's like my birthday and I just got a beautiful present that I get. Yes. So same, yeah. same. And also just like for all the listeners out there, you're going to get to know us on yeah, a whole other level. Yeah. <laughs> you probably already do, but just, yeah. <laughs> but I'm very interested in seeing what our birth charts say. Um, I guess we can start by explaining the birth so charts and to be able- all of that. Yeah, I'm so excited to be able to kind of like pull back the curtain and share the process and what you can really like use it for. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it's just okay. Without further ado, let's pull up your charts. (laughs) Yeah, I just like stopped talking and yeah, let's see. And then, and you also pulled a card for today for each of us or for the, the show. Or for the episode. I pulled a card for each of you. Um, also, I used two different decks just for fun. Okay. Um, to kind of <laughs> share share that with y'all as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but so who wants to go first? Um, you can go first. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'll go first. You are the one that like manifested this episode. <laughs> I absolutely think you should go first. <laughs> okay. Here we go. Well, you know, okay. Little disclaimer. I kind of, so, uh, so I use, uh, the pattern and I also app the pattern, the app, and then also CoStar. So I have a little bit of knowledge about a little of these things only like, but I would like to know more about the meaning of it. Like I know my, I know where my moon ascending and star signs are, but what they mean, I really don't know. (laughs) So I guess that's why totally. help us <laughs> there there's so many different types of astrology and like lenses that we can look at this mm-hmm. all through okay and so personally i practice um traditional hellenistic whole sign which is different than co-star okay and sometimes co-star like yeah. might share you things that is like intentionally not helpful yeah it's mean yeah, and um, <laughs> like, damn, that's not start. my approach. Okay. Exactly, that's 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 not my approach. So um, I'll work with like other apps. There's one that I really like, like Chani's app. Mm-hmm. That's a great one. Um, but yeah, so just a slight, 
So the reason I say that, oh yeah. So the reason I say that is just because like there might be differences based off co-star specifically, because that's a different type, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's value in any way in any type of astrology that you use, like even Vedic and just, there's so many other types. Mm -hmm. Um, But so with that being said, it's also important to acknowledge to like take what resonates and leave the rest Mm -hmm. and like different parts of your chart might be kind of like activated at different points in your life Mm -hmm. and there's just um yeah take a take what resonates and leave leave the rest you know yes yes um so to start (laughs) we're (laughs) to start I wanted to kind of like intro with your tarot card that I pulled for you which is the ace of pentacles and I feel like yes this deck is gorgeous um it's the modern witch which is um there's like a really beautiful like inclusive representation and that's um I think it's really important, right? To see yourself Mm -hmm. represented in the cards. So um, the Ace of Pentacles shows a hand emerging from the clouds, which could represent new ventures, opportunities, um, even like bringing stability to to like rewards or possessions coming in. Mm -hmm. And um, the new beginnings filled with like tangible results specifically. So identifying like roots that best align with your heart's important Mm -hmm. and listening to sparks of inspiration right now combined Mm -hmm. with a sense of gratitude um like the growing garden at the bottom um it's kind of encouraging you to manifest something sustainable Mm -hmm. and a question that you could possibly ask or journal about or reflect upon could be how can I use my innate creativity to attract abundance Mm, okay totally makes sense to me a lot of people people don't know what's going on in my life right now but I I do do. (laughs) like that fits for what some stuff is going it does fit very well (laughs) The, like I love starting with that and and seeing the correlation between like tarot and astrology because that's also the theme of your reading. Mm-hmm. And so like how is that possible that like within 78 cards that I pulled the one card that really represents all of those things. So I've kind of created a document that we can move through and then you mm-hmm. can also like take with you to reference and have um but to start with your um, birth chart reading, yes, mm-hmm. the, the, <laughs> the kind of keynotes that we're going to move through um, would be starting your sun and your moon, your rising, because mm-hmm. that's kind of the concentrated energy um, believed. And that's going to like allow us to intro to your ruling planet, your the rest, like the planets where mm-hmm. they are in your 12 whole sign houses and just kind of studying like the screenshot of the sky when you were born. Mm-hmm. And so the moment you took your first breath and kind of like looked to the Eastern hemisphere, the constellation rising mm-hmm. is what kind of starts your chart. And when we screenshot the sky, we can see where the rest of the sky was over your chart, right? Mm-hmm. And so we'll use this to kind of like plan accordingly and to stay connected to your magic and your purpose. Mm-hmm. So um, to start the sun moon rising, uh, the sun is essentially how you shine. And that's mm-hmm. what a lot of people are familiar with in like modern astrology, right? Because mm-hmm. over for the last 
50 years since there's magazines, that's what we've been looking at in the back of a magazine to Mm -hmm. see our horoscope is our sun sign. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just because it's, it was the easiest thing culturally to really pull from. Like we didn't really have the internet to be understanding, you know, our chart changes so often. So I think now that we have the internet, we're able to kind of like use it to generate our chart and to look at it more specifically. Um, And so that's why most people know their sun sign, but you'll see other people with your sun sign vastly different than yours. Absolutely. It's because because they're in different houses and it's because you have different moons and you have different risings. Uh And so that's what brings us to kind of like, um, your, your rising ascendant, which would be your first house, the constellation rising. Mm -hmm. And, um, if the sun is how you shine, the rising is kind of like almost your, your first impression perceived general disposition and sometimes appearance. What others see of me. Is that what you're is that yes or yes and okay. kind of like yeah definitely what others see of you because it's like your first house it's like that outward but mm-hmm. then it's also like first impressions and it's not so I, I always say when you wake up in the morning the sun just shines and you don't have to think about it that's kind of your sun energy you just mm-hmm. wake up with that sun energy but your rising sign also known as your ascendant sign is a little bit more of like if you're going to an interview or like some type of meeting, you're going to kind of like go with that energy. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes people perceive you to be your rising sign. Mm, got it. And so for you, your rising sign is in Scorpio. Mm-hmm. You're Scorpio rising. And so that's why other people could perceive Scorpio energy from you. Mm-hmm. And then um, also your moon, which is um, your sun, your moon, your rising. These are kind of like the three most important. Your moon would be like almost when no one's watching mm-hmm. because it's um, it's the fastest moving luminary in the chart. So it's kind of representative of like our daily like emotions our, mm. our and like the emotions and our body even. Um, mm-hmm. It's the, the moon is connected to kind of like the lunar goddess um, in ancient traditions, which symbolizes um, sensations. And then it's important to note that whether you have a day chart or a night chart, we might focus on your sun more or your moon more. Um, so all three of us have day charts. So we kind of focus on the day sect and mm-hmm. those placements more so. And that's like important when reading a chart. Mm-hmm. So for your sun, your moon, your rising, your, um, and like looking at your chart, your sun is in Libra mm-hmm. at six degrees. Your uh, moon is in Gemini at 18 degrees and your rising is in Scorpio at zero degrees. What does and that so- mean? <laughs> what do the degrees mean? I love the degrees because the degrees is just like another layer of how to interpret astrology and you just keep getting deeper and deeper with it. And it just Mm -hmm. makes more and more sense. Mm -hmm. So I I specifically included the degrees because I know that you had mentioned numerology in your email saying, yes. And saying, um, so I was like, okay, it's important. I'm going to include the degrees. (laughs) I'm going to shed a little bit of light because that can tell you more. So what type of Scorpio rising you are, or Uh even like your moon sign. So since all three of us have Gemini moons, Mm -hmm. I brought up like 
all of our degrees in a Gemini moon and how it falls into different deacons. So a deacon would be like three, three phases of each sign. And so the first would be like the first through the 10 degrees, the Mm -hmm. first, and then the second would be 10 through 19, 19 through 29. And so you find out what type of Gemini moon you are. And so like looking at your moon in Gemini in the Mm -hmm. eighth house, the, um, the moon is in the deacon too, which is kind of like influenced by Libra and Venus. So that's what type of Gemini you are. And, um, Megan, I think yours is influenced in Aquarius, if I'm not mistaken. That's what I'm looking at it. You have a great memory. (laughs) Well, I just thought it was so fascinating because then mine's, my moon is at zero degrees. So mine's in Gemini. So when, when a sign is in zero degrees, it's like purely that. And so So we're like one, two, three here. Yeah. So we're like the three different types of the Gemini moon. (laughs) Here we are shining in our moon and, and it's going to be a full moon tonight or tomorrow morning. An eclipse. Eclipse. Yes. Yeah. An eclipse in Taurus. And so for me, because it's at like 27 degrees and my moon in in Gemini is at zero degrees, they're so close to each other. So this eclipse is like conjunct my moon. Oh shit. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. I'm glad you explained that the degrees to me because because then yeah where are you on these you know because it's not just one thing like these signs are not just one you can't just be one thing you know there's a range of of that it's so nuanced yeah yeah, yeah. but that makes a lot of sense like I think about yeah just like how you were like I'm a Virgo but I'm not really a very Virgo-y Virgo we'll get to it <laughs> but it's like I know other people who are, or I know other people who are Libras Yeah, and they're completely different from you. Obviously people are complex and different, but yes. I think it, this is just really what this is showing me just how nuanced and how complex and detailed astrology really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it kind of gives you the tools and systems to build upon because mm-hmm. then next you would kind of look into like aspects and you would use the degrees to determine certain aspects and how close or strong they might be. And Mm. even the fact that like all three of us are Gemini moons, but we're all different types of Gemini moons. Mm -hmm. That's kind of fascinating, you know, that we Mm -hmm. kind of use different systems to function under a Gemini moon. Yeah. um, I love that. I love that. Um, It just gives you a little bit more insight, a lot of insight on, on yourself. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Why you make behave or act the way you do or present yourself the way you do. So my Scorpio is like zero degrees. So I'm like, boom. I'm like, are you ready to shop? Rakuten's big give week is back. Get 15% back at hundreds of stores. And it's all happening this week, May 6th to May 13th. It's the perfect time to shop for everything on your list for spring and summer, like clothing, outdoor gear, and travel. I know I'm using this week to stock up on some warmer weather essentials at Ray-Ban and Ulta, and I love that Rakuten even helps me save on travel at sites like Hotels.com. Rakuten really is the best way to shop, and you can save even more by stacking cash back on top of deals. Plus, during Big Give Week, that cash back is bigger than ever. 
With Rakuten, membership is free. And when you sign up and shop today, you get an extra 10% cashback boost. That's an extra 10% cashback on top of the 15% cashback. You won't see higher cashback rates than these. Go to Rakuten.com or download the Rakuten app. R-A-K-U-T-E-N. Shoppers get it. As a podcast network, our first priority has always been audio and the stories we're able to share with you. But we also sell merch, and organizing that was made both possible and easy with Shopify. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell and grow at every stage of your business, from the launch your online shop stage all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. They have an all-in-one e-commerce platform and in-person POS system, so wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. With the internet's best converting checkout, 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms, Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers. Shopify has allowed us to share something tangible with the podcast community we've built here, selling our beanies, sweatshirts, and mugs to fans of our shows without taking up too much time from all the other work we do to bring you even more great content. And it's not just us. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Shopify is also the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash realm, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash R-E-A-L-M now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash realm. Scorpio. Purely Scorpio. Exactly. Yes. What does that mean? (laughs) So, so Scorpio is known to be traditionally ruled by Mars. And so that's going to kind of start to shed more and more light on what Scorpio, if it's ruled by Mars and Mm -hmm. Mars is known for kind of activating, taking Mm -hmm. action, even like that of winning wars, right? So Mm -hmm. kind of like that energy of Mars is going to be your ruling planet. So if that's the case, we would look to see where Mars falls in your chart to see Mm -hmm. even deeper how are you working with that energy that's ruling your rising chart? Mm-hmm. Is it working well? Is it are, are there harmonious flows? Are there squares with Saturn that could show obstacles to overcome? Um, things like that. So that's how we go deeper and deeper into it. And it's not only just the rising sign, but mm-hmm. if the rising is just the initial impression of how you come off, mm-hmm. there's so much deeper whenever we look at like the the planets that we're working with. Mm-hmm. And so, so to look at your chart, I'm just going to look at your chart and like speak to it, but you have Mars in your first house mm-hmm. of Scorpio. Mm-hmm. So that means that your Mars is exalted because it's ruled by Scorpio, right? Mm-hmm. And so taking action is kind of like at the forefront of your of yourself mm-hmm. and conjunct is Uranus. So mm-hmm. there's a bit of like disruption and shaking things up. And that's why I feel like this podcast and like the theme of this podcast is really interesting because Uranus can kind of symbolize um, the internet 
and that mm. connection that the internet brings because its discovery was around then. And so it correlates. So the Uranus will always represent like the internet mm. because there's, because of the information that we can all get so fast leads to evolution, leads to innovation mm-hmm. because we all have it in our handhold, you know? So, yeah. so knowing, so knowing that that's in your first house using the internet to your advantage to take action and to kind of like share your sense of self Mm -hmm. and how you like Mm -hmm. you literally like Mm -hmm. exactly I mean I've been wanting to be an influencer come on is this is what is this telling me that to do that (laughs) so that that there's other places we might look for that one but I'm not kidding but but you do take at like but I am going to be a star. That's another place in your, in your chart that I'm excited. I always about. felt special. Okay. And there's a reason why, because you have like an important message and in order to share it, like you need to like take action, disrupt some systems, use technology to your advantage. Right. Uh-huh. And by doing so, I think like to shed light on, on your question, I would look at your 10th house. My 10th and house. so yeah. So if we look at, I'm just looking at your chart and there's 12 houses, right? Mm-hmm. So each house is going to represent something different. Your first house is your rising, mm-hmm. your Scorpio. We've mm-hmm. covered that. Now looking at the rest of the houses to look mm-hmm. for like your life's work and life stage mm-hmm. and um, your reputation. Mm-hmm. Yours is in Leo, your 10th house, which is known for entertaining, which well, is known there. for shining. <laughs> Exactly. The sun is happy here. And not that your sun is there, but your MC, which is the highest point in the sky when you were born, is mm-hmm. there. And so I find that a lot of the people that come to me, your reading, exactly, you'll find purpose in something like you feel like you, you have a message to tell the world mm-hmm. and, and you incorporate it. You also have your North Node conjunct and your Venus conjunct. So there's a hunger. And there's a need for connection and devotion all within Leo, which is like loyal, but entertaining, you know, oh, so, mm-hmm. like, so shining. So, and so because it's the 10th house, right? Like how this is wild. crazy. It exactly. is wild. I love and it. I, I was just thinking with the take action. So we had the idea for this podcast drunk and recorded a YouTube video. <laughs> it was just us rec- like recording and I was like, yeah. And Raina was like, we're going to make a podcast. And I was like, oh my God, no, delete those videos forever. We sound so stupid. And she was like, no, we're making a podcast. It's going to be great. Next thing I know, we're at Best Buy buying a rewind and a microphone (laughs) and learning how to, and learning how to podcast from her garage. And, and I don't think it would have happened without that drive to act once you have an idea. Yeah. And it just, that's crazy. And like, thank God you have that. Cause I would have like thought about it for a really long time mm-hmm. and then decided I don't, I didn't have time to do it. Or mm-hmm. most mm-hmm. likely that's what would have happened. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, so listeners that's... of Raina's drive to action and entertainment, entertaining personality to thank for this podcast existing. <laughs> right. This and use, using Mars and using Mars and Uranus, my ears just started ringing using Mars and Uranus to, mm-hmm. to like, to kind of have that friction there because they're conjunct each other. So they're like playing telephone. So there's almost like not enough room or time to kind of like second guess and say, no, I'm not going to do it or something. You know, it's like, you're Mm -hmm. able to use those resources and like activate. Mm -hmm. Um, But also what's interesting, what you said about how you kind of were like, I don't know, a little like hesitant. 
it's interesting that all three of us have our sons in our 12th house hmm. and the 12th house is known to be like hidden uh-huh. and yep. And, and almost isolated mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. So- sometimes um, like sent off to foreign lands and, and there, there's a need for healing. And so it's, it's kind of like this, this house that, that is known for, honestly, like through this, this healing work for there to be like a spiritual healing practice to come out of it. That could be something like, for me, it's been astrology, but -hmm. it also makes sense with a 12th house son for like podcasting Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you, you don't necessarily like want to be seen in a lot of ways. Um, but yet you have powerful work to do within like healing. Yeah. For sure. I think this is just insane. And all, and to be honest, everything that I need to, to know right now, like to be like reaffirmed and validated, because I always have said, I have like this hunger inside of me or this nagging feeling that I should be doing something greater than I'm doing in my everyday life. So I'm trying to find avenues for that, but I'm just, um, and I'm also a singer. <laughs> so, and I love to perform and entertain literally an entertainer. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm like, you know, uh, I'm not entertaining right now. Don't make yourself small. <laughs> but exactly. You are a singer. <laughs> yes. But I'm not practicing right now, but I've always just have like this nagging feeling that I'm, I am, um, here to do something greater, you know, than, than my, yes. than a mundane everyday eight to five kind of job. Yes. And you should listen to that because it's a part of your purpose and something bigger and not necessarily everyone has it in the same way. Mm -hmm. And I definitely know that like I left home at a young age and a lot of my family wanted to stay in Texas and didn't feel the same. They don't have the same house placements that I do. So we Mm -hmm. all have these 10th house placements us that are causing us to kind of be bigger in the, in the the world in this way and to, Mm -hmm. to use our life's work to help others in certain ways. Mm -hmm. And not everyone has that. Maybe there's could also be in like higher education. Mm -hmm. So maybe they focus on that. Like it just, it could all manifest in such different ways, but it's really interesting that you said that you're a singer because like, as someone who's been doing this work for enough time to see enough charts, I've, I, I see a pattern of Leo's in 10th houses being singers. Oh. And I've, and I've like, I had a friend who I did, like, I didn't know saying she was mm-hmm. very shy. And I was, I had a reading with her and I told her all the great things about a Leo 10th mm-hmm. house. And then the next day on Instagram, she posted singing and I had no idea, but it like, mm-hmm. she felt empowered to be oh, able to. Yeah. And I, like beautiful voice, like, oh my gosh, angelic, you know, uh-huh. but I was, I had no idea. And it's cool to be able to see that. Yeah. That's why I love this all so much, you know, because it just kind of instills what you already know, like deep down, you know, these things, I know these things, I feel these things, I, I hear them. It's an energy that's just like, I can't like, I can't say, shut up, leave me alone. You know, let me just see it. Like, um, but to like, know that, that this is just in my stars or this is just, this is, 
I don't know. I, I love it. Truly. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> that That's the point. I think, you know, I, I think I had that with my theas kind of empowering to be more curious and more passionate and to speak up about systems of oppression and, you know, whatever you find in your chart, like let it empower you and you'll see things at different times. And sometimes you'll reflect on things and see like, oh, I see that. I see how that was now, you know, in hindsight. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's just like so much that you can learn from it and to just shed a little bit more light, but like your Venus is in your 10th house in Leo. And so Venus is how we connect. And if how you connect is in your 10th house, I have my Venus in my 10th house of how I connect. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of that, that calling to connect Mm -hmm. with others in some type of way with your life's work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. um, I'm also a nurse too. So I connect with people on a daily basis in different ways. (laughs) So it's interesting that the 12th house can also, can also mean like physical healing Uh and, and sometimes like hospitals or prisons. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't work Mm -hmm. in a prison, but I work it feels like one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've, I've, That's heard the rest side. I've heard stories of people who are able to work in prisons and bring like Reiki or healing practices to prisons. Mm-hmm. And that just like, as someone who I too have my son in my 12th house, I'm like, um, I want to do that. How do you, mm-hmm. how do you do that? That sounds amazing. You know? So mm-hmm. just being able to shine in those places that most people might be scared of. That is what called me to be a nurse is to advocate for those or like work with people that are be there in their most vulnerable times as we are doing it with this podcast. It's so important for me to like create that space of just like, like I'm, I'll take care of you. Like it's, you know, I don't know. That's so yes. A hundred percent. You you have quite a bit of placements in your 12th house. You have Saturn conjunct your sun and Pluto and Mercury. And so Mercury is kind of like a key player that you look to in a chart to see how one communicates. Mm -hmm. And if Uranus can be seen as the internet, then Mercury can be seen as the cell phone because it's like the exchange of information Mm -hmm. and like teaching and learning. And so if that too is in your 12th house, like you're able to kind of like transmute that energy in that place. Mm -hmm. Okay. Wowzers. And then, and then, oh, this was like a fun thing in your chart. (laughs) Your, your moon in Gemini is in your eighth house. And it's funny because like the eighth house can represent, um, like, like what's taboo. Mm-hmm. Mm, and like mm-hmm. this podcast is called Shh, don't talk about it <laughs> so this is like yes that's, that's just am- exactly that's amazing because like Gemini is like curious and conversational and ruled by Mercury so that exchange of information mm-hmm. and for you to have it in your eighth house like that's kind of like an occult placement mm-hmm. um, like the 12th houses as well so mm-hmm. you'll look for eighth and 12th house placements for kind of like witchy energy okay and- Mm-hmm. I feel that you both look and you, yeah, y'all's is like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh no. Yeah. I was just like laughing. Cause my eighth house is empty, which I did. I do want to ask you like, what does it mean when you have an empty house? Great question. Okay, Wait, we have empty so- houses. Yeah. Like see cancer, uh, like your ninth house is in cancer, but doesn't have any planets. Well, cause, yeah. cause there's 12 houses and yeah. there's not 12 planets. Right. Okay, fair so- enough. I've always been like, is, is this bad? Why is it? It's like- math. 
Okay. <laughs> I made it's a chart of why you think it's bad. Yeah. It's a good question. It's a really good question. And I love kind of like looking at it and using it like with current astrology, because maybe you don't have anything um, like the classical planets within that house, but you might have like other asteroids. One of those asteroids would be Chiron. Chiron's kind of like normally pooled in a chart, but there's so many. So there might be other stars or asteroids in those houses. But what's also important to know about astrology is that you use your birth chart also with the current sky. And so what's happening currently. And so maybe like, if you don't have anything in Scorpio, but right now the whole sky's in Scorpio, like Mm -hmm. the sun and Mars and Mercury and all of these things. So that's in your house of Scorpio. So then we ask, what is that house of Scorpio? What does it mean with having all of these planets there for you right now? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that does make sense. That's really interesting. Yeah. So why are there 12 houses? That's a really good question. I think it just dates back like um, the the representation of light and uh-huh. the way that it the the way that it kind of like falls and like the distance between it. Like okay. the, there's that's how they kind of like place what rules what within the houses. Mm, okay. And then um but I think too that there's um oh like a golden I'm I'm forgetting the the rule of 12 mm. with like hermetic teachings mm-hmm. okay I was just wondering so okay cool. I love my reading but I want to hear about Megan's reading too was there anything else other than like I'm going to be a star one day and <laughs> yeah I'm also like I'm happy to go over your chart with you anytime and just like deep dive yeah and also I would love to cool, do that like, what's currently happening is really interesting so to see those energies and so that's in your reading as well so like once you once you scroll down you can see like a calendar Mm -hmm. and you can see the current placements Mm -hmm. and what's lighting Mm -hmm. up in your chart and what that can traditionally mean with those house rules oh okay so what's coming for me what's coming Mm -hmm. up next on the Mm -hmm. horizon yeah just the energy you're working with now with like okay. the eclipse, the eclipse that happens like basically like tonight or tomorrow, depending on your time zone. Mm-hmm. Um, but that eclipse is going to like conjunct your eighth house. And so what does that mean for your eighth house? And so oh, that's one of the astrology um, and like the kind of energy in the sky right now. Oh, okay. Was there anything that stuck out to you? Just summarize real quick, if you could summarize real quick, if there's anything that stuck out about what's happening right now or coming ahead. Sure. Yeah. So um, I'll mention one thing or anything, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Looking at yours, because you have the North node conjunct your eighth house. So there's like a hunger when it comes to matters dealing with your eighth house and maybe like a sudden change. And that can look like, like an inheritance or like just an inner, any type of like tax reward bonus, Mm -hmm. because those are things that ancient, like ancient, they traditionally rule the eighth house. Mm -hmm. And so like other people's resources, Mm -hmm. um, and then also the occults, um, 
just, you know, what happens kind of like behind the veil. So those are like eighth house synergies. Mm -hmm. So there's one like literal representation of it being like you receiving money or gifts. Mm -hmm. Um, But then also too, it can, it can kind of be more like a perspective. Mm -hmm. Okay. 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 All right. Love it. Okay. Megan. Megan. I'm loving mine. Thank you so much for yes. just validating. Of yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And there's inside. like 16 pages. Yeah. 16 pages. Furthermore, for you. To- <laughs> I know there is, but you know, it's it's a podcast episode, so you know. Just so folks know what we're looking at, Kara has put together these like very thorough readings. We're just doing the highlights, but I would say. Like I definitely will book with you to follow up to talk more. And I just want anyone mm-hmm. listening to know that if you book a reading, um, you're clearly going to get very a tremendous amount of thought, compassion, and like specialized attention. Um, mm-hmm. we're just scratching the surface on yeah. what you prepared for us, which is just incredible. And I hope that anybody interested in all of this kind of thing will uh, will make sure to book with you and we'll put links everywhere. So you'll yeah. folks will be able to find you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am so grateful to just be able to like share this with people who too have kind of like 12th house suns and Gemini moons. Mm -hmm. It's just like really fascinating. I wonder too, like people drawn to this podcast, like they're going to have similar placements to like, Oh my gosh, everyone send us your birth chart. (laughs) (laughs) We'll find out if this intuition is correct. And your, yes, yes. It is interesting though. I want to just say, I mean, just because I do feel like uh, you know, you, you do attract certain energies, you know, mm-hmm. and so for all of us to be aligned or and, and when people like orbit around your life and then something, then that we all become aligned in this way. And it's, it's just fascinating. To yeah. Me. I mean, there's no explanation other than it's fucking magic, you know, <laughs> and Truly, the stars, 100%. You know? yes, I'm with you. <laughs> All right. So now switching gears, looking at another chart. Well, it's nice. I don't really have to like, kind of like explain, you know, that's um, the sun, moon rising, you know, where we've covered that. So looking at your chart, you have your sun in Virgo in your 12th house. You have your moon in Gemini in your ninth house. And because your risings in Libra. And so with your rising ascendant sign in Libra, you have Mercury and Pluto also in Libra. And so what Libra is kind of um, known for is justice, um, diplomacy, balanced, um, the, the scales, right? And so so with that, having Mercury here in your first house, would be um, really powerful in a way that you communicate the way that you kind of like represent yourself. And then having Pluto here helps you kind of like transform and because it's at 27 degrees, that kind of numerology is almost like a completion um, uh, and with nine, right? Because seven plus two is nine. Mm -hmm. So nine would be kind of like a completion that you could bring to your sense of self. Um, yeah. Does that make sense? It makes, to- it makes total sense. And so much of my, so much of my life is communication. I work in politics and policy and I'm also a therapist. And then we have this podcast. So it's like very important that I can communicate clearly. 
in yeah, every and, role. Yeah. And, and Pluto is almost kind of like that, that unearthing or that, that going through, going through hell and bringing back the crystals Mm -hmm. and being able to do that in your first house. That's really powerful. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's very strong to kind of have that like at the forefront um, and and probably helpful in all of those, you know, places as well. You've definitely done that. Yeah. I like that's like the theme of my life the last two years. Right? <laughs> Going to hell and bringing back crystals yeah. to share with, with the rest of us. I mean, I know. really have obviously all many people have been through pretty significant trauma the last two years. I've been through a lot. Like it, I think about um, 2020, the back, the last six months of 2020 and the first six months of this year is like truly my journey through the underworld. Like I got really obsessed with Demeter and Persephone and like, thought about it, just have thought about it a lot. Just like I've gone through and like, finally feel like I'm coming back up out. Yes. Is that, you yeah. Can, yeah. And you can even like look for, for those in your chart, which is something that I've been kind of like developing as like, as a workshop for goddess asteroids. Mm. And so to see how, like, which, which of those deities that you do connect with and finding them in your chart could be so telling, like, are they mm-hmm. also in your first house? Are they conjunct your mercury or are they in your 10th house? Is that's what causing you to kind of bring your message, your life's work to the, you know, stage. Um, but something that did catch my eye was that your Gemini is in your ninth house. Mm-hmm. And that's really interesting because like, um, we talked about how, um, like previously Gemini was in the eighth house, but your Gem- your Gemini house is your ninth house, which is expansion, higher learning, and um, even like long distance travel travel because it's like cultural cultures from around the world. Mm-hmm. But so that type of like expansion and higher learning mm-hmm. and having your North node there, your moon there and Chiron, Chiron's the wounded healer and having that at two degrees is kind of like nurturing. Mm. And so how are you able to kind of like nurture that? And like you mentioned your therapist, like that's, that's a really powerful way to use that energy um, to kind of help others. Cause the idea of the wounded healer Chiron's, um, the asteroid is that, um, through, through your wounds, you're able to help heal others. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you might feel like you can't heal yourself. Um, and that's kind of Chiron's energy. Like we all have it in our chart. And that's, I always point to that in a reading and it kind of does, you know, signify a bit of trauma in, in that life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the fact that it's conjunct your moon, it just kind of gives you a, like a front row center, a front row seat to it. Mm-hmm. Sorry, we. I well, first of all, what you're saying is really resonating. There's actually something that happened at work today, um, where someone's going through the same hell I went through a year ago, and so, um, of course, working with them is a little bit activating. It's manageable, but I, I, um, after this. <laughs> occurrence, uh, went out back, smoked a cigarette, couldn't help it. Like needed, needed to have been mostly quitting and felt really activated, but then also grateful because I was like, I know what to do to guide this person through or toward their journey through the underworld. They have to go alone. That's how it works. But I know how to be there alongside as they're finding their way. And I only do because I went through this really horrible 
loss. Um, and so it was this weird mix of like gratitude and activation and like the wounds, the wounds that have been sustained can also be used to like help other people heal. And that felt really special. Yeah. To help transmute that energy. And I think even the representation to show that like we come out on the other side is so important. Like that's the Mm -hmm. hero's journey. That's what we're all out here doing. Mm -hmm. And so everyone has a different language. And so it's so important for us to kind of like be vulnerable and show up for each other and share those experiences, because I think that's what transmutes the energy and helps us survive and then eventually thrive, you know, Mm -hmm. having heart palpitations. And then we were getting distracted because we were noticing that Raina's Chiron is in, but is in committed the seventh house of committed partnerships and it's like oh that that makes sense grounded in comfort yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) that's where my my wounded heart or my wounded heart and my wounded healer is yeah and and that's where the eclipse is happening tonight too so like you know what Mm it's just yeah it's interesting to see what comes to the surface yeah um through it all but yeah it's just like it's so it's so powerful to like share this and to just see, you know, and like celebrate each other mm-hmm. what yeah, we've like, moved through. Right. I I'm know. holding back tears a little bit. Oh. Um, I've, cried I've already let a few <laughs> out. Don't much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, but it's, it's just so powerful. And I'm so grateful because we're all going through like silent battles at different yeah. times and healing's not linear. Right. Um, but yeah, just like showing up for each other and sharing things, I think helps turn the light on for those shadows. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yes. Um, This is so needed right now. Thank you so much, Cara. (laughs) I'm I'm so grateful. (laughs) I I feel like all three of us really have similar placements. So it's really easy for us to kind of have this. So maybe like those listening to might yeah. have similar placements, like, cause my Chiron's in the ninth house too. And so if you're Chiron's in the ninth, uh-huh. And maybe just like, there's so many different, like, you know, ways we can cut it, but um, yeah, to kind of find those similarities of each other through them is really important. And like, so for V for Virgo placements, like your son's in Virgo and Virgo so important because Virgo like serves others. And without Virgo's energy of organizing, there's no harvest. Mm. And so like to find Virgo in your chart is like a place to find like maybe healing, you know? And so for you to have your son in Virgo, like that's a healing son. So there's like an element mm-hmm. to your energy that is healing to others. Mm-hmm. That's cool for sure. Sure. I always I wondered why I'm like such in some ways I'm very Virgo-y and in other ways really not at all. And when I would look at my chart just on CoStar or whatever the other or time passages, I would I have noticed like, oh, that Virgo is my only earth. Everything else is like air and, and water, I think. So because yeah. I do feel like um, once I, once I learned about rising and moon signs, I was like, oh, I actually feel so much more like a Gemini or a Libra, um, than I do with a Virgo other than being like organized, kind of professionally organized. I love a spreadsheet, but I'm like looking yeah. at my laundry that's up, sitting on the floor of my living room right now that I promised myself I would put away all day. It would take two minutes at the most. It has I have been t- promising myself I'm going to do it since 11 a.m., which doesn't feel very Virgo of me, but it's just like, it's the Libra. I'm you. a little chaotic. 
<laughs> no. Okay. So like so many parts of your chart, like lit up in my head whenever you were like, explaining all of that. Um, because for you, so, so it's interesting to know that like Mercury and Venus and Mars, right. Those are pretty key players to look for in your chart. They're, they're never too far from the sun. And so a lot of people might find that they have them in their sun sign. So if you have those key players of how you communicate, how you take action or how you connect, if they're in the same sign as your sun, that's going to help you identify with those characteristics a little bit deeper. But for you, for example, none of those are in Virgo. So how you communicate, how you connect, how you take action, none of those things are in Virgo. So that's why you don't really identify with that. But then I also love moon signs because like our moon signs will always be how we see ourselves. Like there's so many ways we can like talk about it, but I see that time and time again is when you tell someone their moon sign, they get excited and they're like, that is me because not everyone, like that's not at their sleeve, you know, like not everyone yeah. sees that of them, but they're like, I am that way. Like, yes. Right. <laughs> and so, sees me. Yeah, yeah. Right. And so and there's just sense. like different parts of your chart that could like light up and maybe, um, shine in different ways, but, and then yeah, like so your home thing you were talking about, that would be your fourth house. Um, how we take care yeah. of our home. Yeah. So Capricorn. Mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. no planets, which I'm not going to interpret as meaning I am broken. No, <laughs> now I know right. it's just mad. But what you could do, for example, is know that right now in the sky, Venus is in Capricorn. Okay. And Venus is going to be in Capricorn for like four months. So for the next four months, what could that look like for you in your home? How okay. could you nest? How could you connect? How could you tap into that Venusian energy? Right. right? Like what does it look like to you? Like, is it the traditional like oils and adornments, you know, or like, don't let my words limit you, but whatever that looks like to you, honor that, that space in your home. Yeah. And then also too, like when the sun comes into Capricorn, you'll feel more of a reserve to do that. You know what I mean? Okay. The energy, the vitality yeah. will come when the sun enters that house. So okay. that's how you can like use those houses still. Sweet. Well, Okay, so I'm gonna just let the laundry sit there till December, and then once the sun's in Capricorn, I'll put it away. That's how. Uh, that's how my brain always looking for a loophole to a chore interprets. That. I hate it. No, I do just, it, but I hate putting it away. I'm just so kidding worse. around. It is worse. I'm just kidding around, but this is that. That's actually like extremely helpful <laughs> to understand. Yes, definitely. My pleasure. I mean. Uh, yeah, there's so much to say looking at your chart, just looking at like concentrations of energy and like something called stelliums, which is like when you have multiple glyphs in a house. Mm-hmm. And so like we're talking about when you don't have anything in your house, but like you're going to have more and more empty houses, the more stelliums you have. And so that's like three or four or more kind of, you know, either classical planets or points or things like that within mm-hmm. a house that or a sign. Sense. Yeah. And so that's like really powerful energy. So that's kind of like shifting your perspective instead of looking at lack. How can you see like where you're empowered? It's good advice for me just in general. So thank you for that. Well, is there any, I'm like, wait, I have a lot of empty houses too. I know, but that just means that <laughs> me we too. have yeah. very pronounced strengths yes. in certain Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's okay. what I'm taking from what Cara just said. And, and I do. <laughs> I'm taking it too. And we both do fall into this sometimes of, of um, scarcity, right? Yeah. Scarcity of resources, scarcity of love, scarcity of sense of self, whatever. And there's 
reasons for that, that we've mm-hmm. talked about on this podcast, mm-hmm. ways that we grew up, et cetera. But I, I appreciate the reminder to think about it as abundance. Like my third house is very abundant. So it's okay if my fourth, fourth house doesn't have any planets. In my it. third house has nothing in yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. But look at number 10. Look at one. One has a lot. 10 yeah. has a lot. Yeah. Those are really powerful houses. (laughs) Definitely. Um, The third for the house of the goddess and communication and the house of the ninth for like spirituality. Mine are empty, (laughs) Cara. But then which brings me to the 10th and the first, which is really like, you know, like your lasting impression, your life's work. So, I mean, I could, yeah, I could definitely like, I'm a Sagittarius rising, so I can definitely be like buoyant and positive when it comes to like reading a chart and finding like the best things to look at and be like, oh, well this and that, because it's exciting. Um, was there any other just sort of general theme before you show my card? And then we can ask a few questions. I know we like, we would love to keep you all night, but we should be respectful of the time you committed to Anytime yeah. I am available. I love talking about this stuff. I literally just like black out. So I feel like I don't even know, but we should just um, make like yes. a night of it. <laughs> I know we should make yeah, would, a reoccurring like, like a Gemini yeah. moon. Yeah. yeah. Um, So looking, what else can I say about your chart? Um, I would, yeah, I would definitely explore your third house more because it's in Sagittarius Mm -hmm. and we're soon to start Sagittarius season. So like, what does the third house mean to you is what I would ask you to explore over Sagittarius season. And yes, it could look like communication, but it could also look like daily rituals Mm -hmm. and really like connecting with yourself, um, in a deeper way. And then what filling your cup in that way. And what does that do? What are you able to then release and what could it kind of like bring to your visions and the way that you innovate and the way that you bring abundance into your life? Because you have, you have a lot of, um, planets in in your third house so as Sagittarius season as the sun goes into Sagittarius it's going to conjunct your Jupiter and all the other planets so forth um, bringing attention and energy to your third house to put simply like write that book okay got it yeah yeah Mm. I mean I'm not literally writing a book but it's like do (laughs) do the thing you've been holding back on doing Right, 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 right. Yeah, yeah. And and identifying it too, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. Okay, so this is um, a deck that I, it's like my favorite deck and it's from Psychic Sister too. And it's called Mini Queens. It's so cute. Um, Pulling your card, I just felt like it really correlated with everything that you had said. This is the Queen of Swords. Oh, I love that picture. I always get swords. Oh my gosh. Um, so swords is air and, um, I actually pulled this card this morning too. So I'm with you. Um, but the, the swords represents intellect and air. And so knowing that and knowing like your Gemini moon, um, I feel like that kind of comes to mind, but, um, the, like as the queen of swords, like sits on a stone throne prioritizing truth specifically in all matters surrounded by the nature of change and knowing the details that help you like intellectualize 
it's everything is rooted in um, truth seeking and highly, highly perspective and loyal and supportive and independent and perfectionist and honest. And um, while others can find it like intimidating, sometimes um, you're soft at your core bonding with those for life because Mm -hmm. you're aware of the importance of connection. And so you're just super wise in everything that you've built to say the least. And that's what I love about like the, the queen of swords energy um, is that sitting on that throne, looking over like what you've built. Um, But so then what you could maybe like journal about journal about or reflect upon or look into would be um, like, how could you look at things objectively with compassion? Mm. I love that. Oh, thank God. I was like, please don't be the tower. Like (laughs) I had my tower year. I don't want another one. I try not to feel like fear about whatever cards come up. Um, but (laughs) I was, I was like, oh, please don't be the tower. So (laughs) I'll take the queen of swords. That's much better. I love the tower card. I know it's the like, tower it's, card is one of my favorite cards. It's like <laughs> ushers in a new era, but I just didn't want it today. So. You're like, I know, I already fucking. Know. Which actually, that was one of our questions. Like, are there cards that people tend to put like a lot? Like, clearly, there's like fear or judgment around like the tower card for sure. Deck, for sure. Yeah, cetera, for sure. But- like, or the uh, I, I would card, say, yeah, exactly, the right. Man, no one wants that. Which are like all my favorite cards. No, yes. it's well, just, death just I, means rebirth. You know, that's how I exactly. See it. And the yeah. correlation to astrology, which is mm-hmm. like it's that's what it's rooted in for me. And so the death card is actually the Scorpion card, the Scorpio card. Mm. And so, like as a Scorpio, mm-hmm. I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. death, transformation. Like mm-hmm. I'm here for it. Um, and then like the devil, that's actually just Capricorn, mm. you know, and like the tower is just Mars, you know, things like that. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Okay. Kind that's, of, yeah. That's yeah. good to know. So <laughs> folks, if you're getting a reading or you got a deck to play around with and you pull those allegedly scary cards, they're not, it's just messages yeah, of transformation. There's purpose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Great purpose. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I love this all. Um, can I ask you a question? And it's a, it's not on our list, but um, you mentioned your ear was ringing. And that happens to me a lot too. It's me not too. tinnitus. Um, it happens frequently in sessions with clients. Um, and then sometimes when I'm just out and about, I've been trying to pay attention to what's going on when, I, when it happens. Um, but does that, what does that mean? Like, what is that? I think that it is a connection. Okay. And through that connection, it's like a sensory, it it could be different senses for different people, Mm -hmm. but it's kind of like maybe like a a welcoming or an initiation into like a higher 
consciousness for the moment, mm-hmm. for the time being. Mm-hmm. And so I think being reflective and asking like, Ooh, okay, what's happening every time that happens. And then seeing the patterns with that. And for me too, it happens a lot whenever I talk to people about stuff like this, or I mean like with clients and things like that. And like, at first I never used to mention it, but the more that I mention it, the more that I connect with others who are experiencing it too. Mm-hmm. And then I do have like really beautiful connections whenever we're both like, wait, you too. Okay. Me Mm -hmm. too. Okay. And then we really pay attention to like what we're talking about. And you just Mm kind of like, feel like maybe like, maybe you're in the presence of a greater energy. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like that. I mean, I, my, my ears ring a lot, (laughs) but I, but, and then I also like, who's here with me today, you know? Um, Yeah. And that's that Gemini moon. Cause the Gemini moon is mercurial connections connected to the ethers. So literally like the Gemini moon could be a lot of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's so cool. Yeah. All of our ears are ringing. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Wow. We have managed to keep you for 90 minutes. We are so grateful. So So is there anything that you've been, that you have wanted to ask um, or get clarified or anything that we haven't asked already right now? Um. I'm just like blown away right now that I'm like, I'm going to be a star one day. Um, I'm just kidding. Um, but more so I wanted to focus more on Cara and if she's willing to share anything about her, um, I don't know. Um, let me think, let me think, come back to me. Yeah. Was there, is there just anything about your journey, um, in this work, any, any lessons you've learned on your path that um, you want to share because they might be helpful to others who are interested in this, in these kinds of uh, things. Yeah, definitely. I would say that confidence doesn't like come naturally for me. Mm -hmm. And so there's that element of like faking it till you make it right. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's also like the reality of it is that there's always going to be like imposter syndrome, you know, and like that feeling of like, why me? Why do I feel like I can help others? Mm -hmm. But then it's also like, why not? And Mm -hmm. like, we all can. And if we all can, and if you do it in your way, maybe that helps someone else do it in their way. Mm-hmm. And so like what helped me build confidence was like working with the community and speaking up about my passions more, even though I felt embarrassed by them and mm-hmm. shamed by them culturally. Right. Or even like with 12 house placements, just kind of like afraid to shine for different reasons. And through a lot of experiences, um, I think I've learned that fuck it, like talk about what you love and yeah. you'll find like, like finds like. And, you know, like hurt hurt people, hurt people. And so Mm -hmm. like, how can we help? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. You know, I, you've mentioned a couple of times your work in community and do you mind speaking a bit on how, um, astrology, tarot and energy work can actually go toward helping heal the collective and like what work you do in community? Yeah, definitely. So I think just being able to have like one-on-one conversations, like empowering people 
And whether it's spending my time at Psychic Sister, um, where I'm like in the community helping people who come in and are looking for maybe it's healing rooted in crystals or tarot Mm -hmm. or um, also magical vintage, right? Because why Mm -hmm. not? That's there too. But so just having that connection to people who come in and being able to like share resources like books and mental health zines and just like inclusive representations of tarot and magic that's been handed down to me from generations Mm -hmm. and then like a a reference I mean a resource that's really important to me is I'm in a woman of color book club Mm -hmm. and so like I bring that to anyone else I meet who might be in a situation where they feel like a minority Mm -hmm. and putting yourself in community where you're surrounded by others and you can empower others Mm -hmm. um, and seeing that representation and just like not taking it for granted because like living in Portland. Portland's a really white city. And coming from Texas, like I have to go out of my way to be surrounded by, you know, the culture that I grew up with. Mm -hmm. And so like finding resources and and people in the community and then um, sharing that is just kind of like, you know, perpetuates hopefully more growth. Right. Yeah. 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 That's so beautiful. That is beautiful. I mean, I can, I can, um, I don't, I don't want to be too, my, my vocabulary is not there, but um, what am I trying to say? What I'm listening to or what I'm hearing throughout this whole practice or this whole conversation is there's been definitely some things in your life, um, trauma-based or that you've, um, that this has helped you a lot with, you know, healing, healing. I mean, I I think that's Scorpio energy. It's like, Mm -hmm. take your pick with like the bag of trauma, like Mm -hmm. from a young, young age experiencing things like to be super transparent, um, like abortion at a really young age Mm -hmm. in Texas, you know, Mm -hmm. like in a Catholic family, what the fuck is that like? Right. Um, and, and so like trauma, whether it be like physical on the body that you have to, you know, transmute and move through. And um, like, that's one example, mm-hmm. or as, as I got older and had kind of questionable relationships with older men and like the trauma that that instills on us mm-hmm. and, you know, the variation, like what that looks like, what abuse mm-hmm. looks like, mm-hmm. um, whether I, I found a, a, a lot of help finding like therapy with a therapist who had gone through specifically what I had been through with like a narcissistic abuser mm-hmm. and just like finding, to, being able to like identify those resources mm-hmm. and talk about it mm-hmm. and kind of turn that light on and yeah. to show that like we get through it um, no matter how long it takes. Right. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. There's like a safe space at the end of the day that's worth, um, sharing and, and, you know, building towards. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I feel like, um, thank you for sharing all of that for one being transparent with us and sharing, because I feel like a a lot of us who have experienced trauma throughout our lives, we are always looking for something greater, you know, like this is not it. Like this is, there's, there's just something you just know that you're, you're meant for something greater. This is and you look for that, um, and you look for it and you look for yourself in different, in different places and magic and cards and stars and everything. Exactly. You know, and because, you build. Yeah. 
because you lose a sense of who you are when, when somebody does something to you and you're like, wait, am I this, am I that person? No, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not deserving of that. I didn't deserve that. I'm not unworthy. I am all of the, I am the fucking stars, you know, like this. Yeah. And you need help and you need support because like, that's really tough work to move through, you know, and to work with your subconscious and yeah, just the more support, the better. Right. Yeah. And that your energy is so much greater than the experiences that you receive from other people. You know, like we are here first and foremost, our energy is here before our minds are here before anything happens to us. Like our beingness. So it just, um, just to remind yourself all the time of like, you are greater, like I'm going through something right now that I have to constantly remind myself, I am bigger than this, like bigger than my mind, bigger than the stories I make up in my head about why people are behaving the way they are. You know, it's, it could be so much more lovely (laughs) if like, I don't know if we just, um, we're in tune more on a, on a more of like a, this, this level of consciousness, you know? Yeah. And to know what cycle and phases you're going through, because, you know, it's not always the time for action. Sometimes it's the time for rest and reflection yeah. Yeah. and to give yourself yeah. space and to be compassionate. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't come natural to a lot of us, you know, who, right. you know, come through trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like perspective and making space for yourself and having these important conversations mm-hmm. like this is important work. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I'm just like really honored to be able to like read your birth charts and share this oh, space with you. Thank you. We are too. Is there anything <gasps> that you want to plug? Um, where could people find you? How can they access your incredible wisdom and book a reading? Like how can folks get to this healing that you have to offer? Thank you. Um, so on Instagram and on TikTok, I'm at Cara State of Mind, which is C-A-R-A State of Mind. Um, I feel like like plugging things is like kind of hard for me because like like that 12th house sun, totally. like I don't really like want to shine. I'm not like, oh, these are all the things I'm doing. I'm like super shy. But I just want people um, to be able to get some right. healing and yes. support. So you could think about it. It's for other people because I have right. people want, want want access to that yeah, yeah. and to connect and yeah. for yeah. sure. So I feel like Instagram and TikTok is like a great way to like connect, but also my website, um, which is my whole name and you can get there off my social medias, um, but it's caraviareal.com. Amazing. Love we will it. link to Thank all you. of that um, on our Instagram. Yeah. We'll put it in the show notes for this episode so that people can find you. And if people want to find us, Oh yeah. If people they, want to find us, where do they find us? Uh, they can find us on Instagram as well at underscore don't talk about it pod is our handler on Instagram. And um, <laughs> thanks for not making me I, say it. I get it wrong every week. It's I'm very embarrassing. To be fair, I change. It. <laughs> and then, uh, folks can also email us at info at don't talk.com if you're interested in sharing your story or being a guest. Um, Kara, again, thank you. This was just so needed for both of us in yeah. many ways. So maybe for maybe we'll tell the stories about why someday on this podcast. But yeah. for, for for now, we'll just say thank you. Thank you so for much. this incredible gift of your time, your wisdom, your knowledge, and just you. 
just your energy. We're so, we're so lucky. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful to be here and I'm just reflecting all that right back at you both. Um, truly I'm honored. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Okay. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you all next time. Okay. Bye. Bye. 